Hey, Michelle. We've hey. got a special guest today who I think our people will enjoy. One of the funniest, smartest people I have ever met in my life. I agree. Lady Bunny yes. is uh, a, a, a legend, and uh, I've known her since 1982. <laughs> I know, and people have been asking for her for a long time, but y'all just time. have to realize um, she lives in New York. She lives in New York. She's on the road all the time. Right. So getting her was just a matter of, oh, how are we going to get her? We got her. We got her. We got her. And she's here. She's going to be here in just a few minutes. But just interesting knowing people for that long. I've known you for a long time. Yeah, you've known her long. Yeah. She was 19 when I met her. And I, I, never, her, I can't even see Bunny as 19. I put her in drag um, uh, sort of as an adult for the first time. Obviously, all kids play and hair and makeup but you put her in drag put her in drag she, so it was, you knew her as john i knew her as john she you know what you want to know something else and we won't talk about this but she was going out when i met her she was going out with floyd oh shut for it was for uh. a week it was probably for a week <laughs> but, um, this i was, can't imagine those two together i know in atlanta this is atlanta georgia um but uh we were just hanging out terrorizing y'all's neighborhood right forever and uh i put her in drag for the 688 miss 688 contest 688 was a, a new wave punk club in atlanta at 688 spring street uh-huh. in midtown atlanta and they had a miss 688 contest right so i put her up into drags as i think i put her up to drags as a uh, boy george uh, <laughs> why wouldn't you Oh Which my boy God. George? Like Karma Chameleon boy George? Karma Chameleon. Do you really want to hurt me, boy Caftan George? Caftan boy George? Uh, no, it was, uh, do you really want to hurt me, boy George? Because they, they, the culture club was just happening then. Oh, my God. And so I uh, uh, put her into drag, and um, she decided to call herself Bunny Hickory Dickory Doc. <laughs> that makes complete sense. It's, it's such a kook. And it, it just speaks to the irreverence of the kind of drag that we were doing. Because Atlanta, Georgia, back then, it was Mecca for drag. Where did you meet her? Just at the bars? Um, I, You know what? I think Floyd came to my house. I was at no party. Floyd came out, and they were drunk or something or on something, arm in arm. Like, they both had their arms around each other's shoulders. So he they picked them up at a bar. Showed up at my front door. <laughs> this is in my in my memory. I see them at my front door, right, with their arms around each other. Oh my god, how cute is that? Yeah. So little bunny, little bunny, nineteen year old bunny, and I'm I'm twenty one at this point. Oh, so. I didn't realize you were older than bunny. <laughs> oh, that's Shay. No, what are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't Shay. realize it. Shay, but you know, it's you know, we were talking earlier about the friendships and having people in your life for so long you know no one can prepare you for all the things you go through and the ups and the downs the ups and downs and yeah. you really do you have to lift people up from time to time you have to remind them of who they are yep and because the, the, the balance each person is sort of teetering at all times sure you know most things it could be you know chemical imbalance it could be emotional imbalance and it's interesting our producer was asking earlier how do how when do you know, and this is not about Bunny, but just in friendships in general, how do you know when to step in and, and intervene with a close friend? Because we see something's not, is slightly off kilter. Exactly. And again, we're not talking about Bunny here. We're just well, talking I about am. No, friendships. I'm just kidding. I'm we're just talking kidding. about friendships in general, of knowing people for a long time and going through so much stuff. How do you know when to come in and say, 
girl, you need to, you know, you know what's funny you say, you know, years ago, um, fast forward many years of knowing Bunny, at one point we were all living together. We were all working at Larry T's club called La Palace Debuté. And oh, the love machine. Remember yes, Jody, yes, yes. Jody, yeah, Jody worked your there, friend yeah. Jody worked uh-huh. at the love machine at the door, taking money at the yep. door. Um, and I used to get crunked up. I know, bitch. And go up into the club and do my little number, do my lip sync number. One time, Bunny said to me, and we've had this relationship for years. Uh, she said, girl, you go up on that stage. You think you're being funny and fierce. You're just being drunk. It's, she said that to she you? She said that to me. Uh-huh. That's Bunny. And and it something cut through. And I got it. And I got it. And I, shortly after that, cleaned up my act. Really? I certainly did and stopped drinking and started, left the clubs in that capacity and started working on a demo tape that I would eventually send to Tommy Boy Records. So would you credit Bunny with being a voice? I didn't credit that bitch nothing. (laughs) But I will say this, you know, sometimes things can cut through, through to the subconscious where it can shake you and go, oh boy, something is off. If that drunk bitch over there is telling me that I'm right, I'm drunk. That double fister. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes, yes. And I, I, I um, Bunny also was the one who, who when we were kids, um, like early twenties, we would drop a lot of acid, and um, she, we'd be tripping brains, right? And she said to me, um, Rue. <laughs> devil's gonna get you like that just like that and i'm saying you, you're fucking with my head don't do that you're fucking with my high she says oh yeah devil's gonna get oh you. my god and it and i laughed about it and what you know what what's brilliant about that it forced me in that weird state of mind to question what the devil means to me because i grew up in a christian background and to question what all of that means to me. And it forced me to uh, recalibrate, deconstruct all of what that is and see it as a construct, as a um, as an idea. Well, Not, no, right, because yeah. the devil can be representative of many things. Exactly, exactly. So my fear of so said devil became, she actually eliminated it in making fun of it like that, even though we're fucking tripping our brains out. Yep. You follow what I'm saying? I am. So it's this interesting thing that she, and she and all of my friends in the in the tribe, we all broke down those, those myths that we carry with us. The myth of the devil, the myth of, you know, that, uh, that, 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 that people were out to get us, that the system was out to, to get us uh, in certain ways. And that was our goal in our tribe was to, deconstruct and disassemble certain myths that we had carried over into our adulthood from childhood. Well, that's smart. Isn't that wild? Because most people take it for face value. Yes, for, throughout their lives. Right. This is the devil, What? Yeah. and that's that. Yeah. The devil is going to hurt us if we do bad, Yeah. and God's protect us if we do good, Yeah. instead and, of looking who the devil is or who God is. Yeah, because the devil, in, in, the, in, in the real bigger uh, figurative terms- Is chocolate. Is, is chocolate, but it's also our own- ego and inner saboteur it's it's like you said um 
the calls are coming from inside the house, no, but not it's outside true. the house. It's true. And none of us want to accept that. Yeah. Because there's more responsibility. Because the responsibility, you know, having it outside as some you unseen force somebody. out there, yep. it's much, it's like, oh. It's, that's why. That's why. But if it's if the calls are coming inside the house and it's under your control, it's like, oh, that's scarier, actually. It is scarier. Yeah. And um, life is scary at times. Life is scary. I think life is beautiful. Life is scary because it's the unknown. Like I was having this conversation last night with my husband about the water because I had this really strange dream. Something's in the water? Yeah. I had a dream that it was we were living in a house and our floor in our house mm-hmm. was like a pool or mm-hmm. an ocean. Yeah. And there was a shark in that pool. Mm. And I was like, guys, there's a shark. We're jumping over the furniture. Now this, mind you, the floor is mm-hmm. the ocean mm-hmm. in our house. You mm-hmm. know, like those huts in Bora Bora, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I got it. Um, And all I remember was waking, I started screaming in my sleep, which I do now oh, and then. Dear. I don't talk in my sleep, but I scream and David will really? kind of, I do it. I'll go, ah, and like, uh-huh. it sounds like a ghost. Yeah. And David has to wake me up. Uh-huh. Um. But the point is, I didn't start screaming until somebody caught the shark. And I just remember poachers coming in with like Mm AK-47s. And they were trying to steal the shark. And I just remember going, shark poachers. I'm screaming at David, shark poachers. They broke into the house. But they were taking the shark away in a baby carriage. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is this Lily leaving the nest? Mm -hmm. Is this me worrying about that? Mm Or... I have an irrational fear of the ocean. Like, I will not go mm-hmm. in the ocean. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, David was ta- – I said, for me, the greatest fear is the fear of the unknown. Yeah. I am scared to death because I can't see what is down there in that ocean. Why would I want to go into the ocean? Yeah. Why? It, there's so much fear. I'll go into life head first. But I, know, I don't know. For some reason, I'm okay with it. And the ocean scares the shit. I think you're right on point. I think. Um, Thank you. No, I think you're right. Listen, uh, water in our consciousness represents the subconscious and the unknown. It represents, and if you see in movies and films and books, anytime the characters go through, it starts to rain or if they go cross over a body of water, it represents the subconscious. So I think that you're absolutely right. I think it represents uh, Lily going off to uh the unknown well no i think she's i think your relationship with lily and her background with you know uh the depression and having come through it now and and that there that there's a a danger in this thing that had enveloped her she's fine now she's medicated she's thriving yeah and thriving but i think there is a fear you have that that could either there's a danger, yeah. and sharks represent danger yeah. to you. The water is what you don't know about, and somebody's poaching her away from you. And she's going away to college. I think that's exactly what it that's is. That's what I thought it was. And then I had just seen there's a lot of videos recently about these sharks surfacing because of global warming. Yes, and I just saw a few of them on Facebook too. And it's like, oh my god, another reason why I just won't go in the water. But for me, I told my husband, I was like, sometimes for me, the ocean does represent the fear of the unknown. And I know there's a lot of people who love it and they think it's incredible. And it's, you know, 90% of our planet or something. It's yes. unbelievable to look at. It's underwater. From afar. Yeah. Yeah. And we're uh-huh. just going further and further. But the point is, um, to circle back to what we were talking about, the fear of the unknown, um, whether it's the devil or God or whatever. Well, you realize you're going to have to face this. We The fear of the ocean? Yeah. Oh, I'll go into my ankles. I'm good. <laughs> but My cankles will but go. But you think that you're going to live the rest of your life avoiding the subconscious like that? 
I go on a cruise ship. Uh huh. I do that. Yeah. I ain't going kayaking in fucking whale territory. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not going to look for danger. I'm not going to go fucking parasailing either. Well, but you know, okay, say you I'm don't do that. I'm not missing out a thing. A okay, thing. say you don't do that. Mm-hmm. But the those fears, your fear of your daughter leaving and. Uh, no, consciously, I'm really happy. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with it. I think it's my own struggle well, in the unconscious. Tell, you tell that to your your subconscious. I got to tell my subconscious and my unconsciousness that, but in in the conscious world, it, this is something I have to deal with. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm so excited for her. Mm-hmm. I am so excited for her. She's already there. Yeah, and she's thriving. Yeah. Um, it's my mommy issues of me being overprotective and mm. and worried about my kid, but she's come so far, and and mommy's got to do what mommy's got to do. But, you know, the thought of intervening at some point and when to do it and when to let go and mm-hmm. some kind of inner compass where we can check in on ourselves is, I think, what we were going towards and what we mm-hmm. were trying to figure out. You know, when is the right time to check in? and When is it not the right time to check in? Okay, so and we're not talking about sharks and water anymore. No, because we got about, what that is. Now we're talking about mental – or wait a minute. Yeah, mental is, awareness. Okay, yeah. You know, since I know what's going on with Lily, she's way, way more aware of herself. Yeah. Um, then I want to give her well, the, credit you know, for. That's, that's the good. That's the silver lining with yeah. dealing with that is that you, you learn how to check in with yourself. That's why meditation and prayer and all any spiritual practice is so good because it allows you to check in and see, uh, look under the hood and see, check the oil, uh, see mm-hmm. what 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 the balances are, what the levels are, because life is about balance, and balance is uh, something that each person is responsible for. Themselves, and you you could be have your fluids there, but they're running on empty, mm. and there's nothing wrong. And I think this is really important for you to ask for a day off. Yeah. To and if you're you say Michelle, right? You're I'm a mother of three kids, and I have a, a full time job. Okay, find a day to say to a friend, I need your help today. Yeah. A family member, call in sick to work, whatever it is. Sometimes it's not even a full day. Yeah, it's a couple hours. Be- have just taken a nap. Yeah, because yeah. because yeah, you're right. Because um, because child, you're no good to your family if everything goes crazy and you just go bonkers. You're no good to them. You that could ask way. a friend to meet you for a coffee for an hour. Mm. Whatever you have to do, even those of you who think you have nobody, I promise you, there's somebody that you can get to help to check in, just yeah. to check in on yourself. You know, there's a, a book. Uh, God, he's an amazing author, and you know, it's brain related. Doctor, um, I'm not going to say his name right, but it starts with a K. And it's Doctor Gavorkian. I wish it was. Do- He's dead, isn't he? Yeah. Doctor <laughs> Kazarian, I believe. Doctor, I, I want to say is uh, Datis. Uh-huh. Kaz- What's his book about? Okay, see if you can say this right. Doctor K. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Tassis. Karazian. He is a PhD, a DHSC. He's Armenian. He's, yes, and he's everything. He's a functional medicine doctor, but he is like the What's guru. The the There's a million, but uh. but one I was talking about, um, he talks about how important it is. You can go to his website, which is drknews.com. Mm. He's so fucking brilliant with the gut health connection, Hashimoto's, also Alzheimer's and brain degeneration Mm -hmm. and how we're a society of our brains degenerating. We're literally putting ourselves, shit, my water. We're literally putting ourselves into brain degeneration by the way we're eating and the lack of attention we're giving ourselves. He's a very big proponent of once a month having a day to do nothing. Oh, Recharging. I, I think I can do that. I think I can do once a month. He's not uh-huh. saying once a week because uh-huh. that's not realistic. Yeah. Once a month. Child, you know, on my days off, I will sit there 
on that couch. I will. I'll look at. I'll look at some TV. I'll read. I will take a th- the other. Not this past weekend. Weekend for I took a three hour nap. That's what he wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Sleep longer. He says. Go for a walk. Go for a bike ride. Which I you went love on to a hike do. this morning. There you go. Yep. That is all. I listened to Kendrick we, Lamar. I, which one? A new album? No, it's a greatest. It's a compilation of I a bunch of stuff. I fucking love Kendrick yeah, Lamar. Yeah. Also grounding. So like if you're outside, if you're in a place where you could do it, walk barefoot uh-huh. and ground yourself to the earth. All this stuff sounds so ridiculous and yeah. hippy dippy. It's not. It's actually proven to change things in your brain, Absolutely. to change things in your body, your blood pressure. These are all things one day. And if you can't do a day, five hours, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Give it to yourself. It's going to make you a better person for everybody around you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I you know, I, I live, you know, from San Diego. I grew up with that kind of touch the earth, put your. Yes. The, 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 remember for years they said if you're feeling sick or nauseous to put your nose to the to to, to the earth and smell real soil. No. Have you ever heard that before? No, but I know that if you eat, we have done so much to not eat the shit that comes out of the earth with GMOs mm. and da, 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 that they're saying we have sterilized food so much mm. that when we used to go out and play and the shit would fall on the ground, five mm. second rule, we'd pick yeah, up and eat yeah, it. Yeah. That stuff had actual like nutrients that were important for us. Mm. The kids that would have dirt, the mothers that would pick up the pacifier and just kind of, well, okay, yeah. putting it back in the mouth. Yeah. That was actually okay <laughs> because what it did was give us the bacteria that we needed exactly. to fight off the bad bacteria. Yeah. But we've super sterilized all those hand gels and shit. They're killing us. You know, I this weekend, I did uh, Let's Make a Deal as a favor to um, Wayne Brady because I love him so much. Love. So I get a guest appearance on there and what did it was you fun. do i gave away i gave away something. like one of the prizes yeah something okay. like that but the producer back there said um hey um here's some san- hand sanitizer if you'd like i said you know what i've never used hand sanitizer in my life me neither and he said well you're probably um you're probably better than the rest of us he says we use it around here a lot because we handle a lot of cash because on the on let's make a deal Money's fucking they've got a lot of dirty. cash there it's called dirty cash for a reason that's right money talk yeah and you know at the gym you see people um they get on the machine and they wipe it down and everything, and I'm like, but what about the ele- what about the door handle? What about the elevator buttons? What about the gas pump? You know, everybody does this big sh- sh- dog and pony show at the gym about wiping machines down. It's like, you know, you're fine if you don't put your fist in your mouth or your fingers in your nose, your eyes, you're going to be fine. Unless you see the way I do it at the gym, and I know uh. it sounds gross, but like in spin class, I have to do it because I sweat like an animal. Yeah, me too. But if I'm not sweating like an animal, it's fine because you're going to wash your hands at the end yeah. of the day anyway. Yeah, 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 and yeah. if you go to the gym and then change and do not shower or wash your hands you're fucking gross yeah you are gross you're touching all that shit yeah. when i go to the bathroom in public place i open the door i turn the everything with a towel after i've washed my hands and that's uh-huh. fine yeah but you're right no matter where you go even if i just went to the mall and i was looking through clothes yeah and then i come home if you don't wash your hands you just touched everybody's that's shit what i told the guy i said you know what um i've never used hand sanitizer but I wash my hands all the time. That's the healthiest way. I wash my hands. Yes. And if you're listening. Soap and water. Yeah, soap and water. If you're listening out there right now, go wash your hands. Yeah. Clean up after yourself. In fact, um, years ago, I think it was on Oprah, they said you have to wash your hands the length of time it happy takes birthday. you to sing happy birthday. Twice. Twice? Twice. Oh my goodness. It's happy really? birthday twice. I thought it was once. And then I had seen it again. And and I think it was because I, um, I subscribed to the Oprah newsletter. Uh-huh. And I think it was. Happy birthday twice. Yeah. But just to be sure, you could do it once and then let's say fuck it. I do it once. I, and I get it in there good. Because, you know, I put, you know, when we're t- taping the show, I put uh, contact lenses in. But as soon as we get off stage, I take them out. And then I put them back 
in. So I, first of all, I wash my hands and then I run it under under the sink for a good long time so I don't have any of the residue of the soap yeah, on my that'll fingers. Yeah, burn. Yeah. So um, uh, you should, you've never seen me put in contact lenses. No, that you? freaks me out. I do it like a pro. Zaldi taught me years ago. What's the key? The key is a Q-tip. What? Yeah. Hold on, hold on, hold yeah. on. Because first, let me tell you, it took me three and a half hours the first time I took Lily to get contact. She wanted them so badly. Mm-hmm. She was 13, and they, the lady said, we're not going to let you leave until I know she can get them yeah. in and out. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't do it the first time. She was crying the whole time. So mm-hmm. we went back, and she was determined the next time. But I had no tips to give her because I have never done it. Yeah. So listen up. Yeah. Where's the Q-tip going? Well, I'll show you because I'm wearing makeup when I'm doing this, okay. right? So um, my hands are very, very, very clean. Non-prescription. Not, these are non-prescription. Okay. This is a cosmetic Aesthetic. only. <laughs> yeah, because I lighten my stuff. Oprah. Honey. Uh-huh. I say honey. Honey. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, I, you know, they're obviously in the little um, cups, the things yeah. that, um, the little cases that. Uh, the contact that, holder thing. Contact yeah, holder yeah. thing, yeah. So um, I've got the solution in there. I take the contact lens out of the little. Um, just saline. Saline things. And I use. Um, the, the big jar of saline thing, and I squeeze it between my fingers and ri- rinse it again with the saline solution. Okay, so it's, so it's sp- nice and wet. Yes, it's it's spraying out of the container in my right hand. In my left, I'm sort of squishing it together, sort of washing it again. The okay. contact lens. Then I sort of uh, sort of shake it, the contact lens, uh-huh. and put it on my. My right ring finger. Ring finger. Okay. My right ring finger at the very tip of that. So it's facing up. It's facing up. And I take a Q-tip and I pull the bottom, bottom part of my down. eye lid down. And I just place it. I put my eye. I take my so eye. So you look to the side. To the side, right. And I place it right there. And then I take the Q-tip and s- sort of squish it around to where it lands on my... With the Q-tip. With my Q-tip, yeah. And the Q-tips, why... The Q-tips so that I don't get my makeup wet and I don't smear my makeup. Interesting. Because I've got, you know, I'm in face. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I do it. I never thought of pulling it down with a Q-tip. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the key. Oh, and my God. No but I keep my hands very clean for that. It's still hard. I think the hardest part is getting them out. Isn't that the hardest no, part? No, you know what? What do you I do? I wash my hands. Yeah. Do the rinse, keep them under the water for a long time. I take my fingers and I put them right on that contact thumb lens. Thumb and pointer. Po- thumb and pointer. Take it right onto my eyeball. Uh-uh! And I put it back into the, the contact yeah, lens Yeah, Lily holder. does it like a champ now. Yeah, it's no problem. You, the key is keeping your hands clean. Yeah, of course. And keeping the residue of whatever detergent or soap. Or lotion or whatever you else the, got going yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, so we're going to go to a break right oh, now. Oh, coming up. When we come back, we've got the legend, the lady herself. Oh, dear. Lady Bunny Hickory Dickory Dock. Don't say we didn't warn you. <laughs> Hey, Squarespace is the one-stop shopping you need to create your own website. And we love Squarespace. And we love our websites that you guys have been sending us. It's unbelievable that making a website has never been easier. Never been easier. It took this long for Squarespace to come into our lives. Yeah, it's the 21st. Hell, welcome to the 21st century. You can make a gorgeous website in minutes using their beautiful templates and simplistic, I won't say it, 
I'll just say drag and drop <laughs> platform, you guys. It's so easy. You hear us talk about it from the day, you know, day one. Yeah, day one. Because they were our first sponsor and we love them for so many reasons, mostly because they're an incredible product and they, they make it easy for the people who really had no idea what they were doing. And you listen to us and you're like, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. And it actually does work. So check out squarespace.com slash Rue for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch and use the offer code RU, you get to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. That's offer code RU Squarespace. Hey, you know, uh, I, I've done therapy over the phone with my therapist, and it's actually so cool because I couldn't be there, and uh, she knows me well enough to understand and feel what I'm what I'm going through. And a lot of times, I'll be in traffic, uh-huh. and I, I could do it. Uh-huh. How brilliant is that? So brilliant, and that is mobile technology. That's mobile kiddo. technology. Talkspace. It's the online therapy company that you can do that with, just like Rue and Rue's therapist. All you need is a computer with internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. It's that easy. That means you can improve your mental health even if you've had trouble making time for it in the past. So if you can't imagine fitting anything else into your life, like Rue was saying, in traffic, whatever, you can get with Talkspace, get something off your chest wherever you need to, whenever you need to. You can talk about every day, challenges at work, at home, chat about life, no extra commutes, just no leaving the office, and of course, no judgments. And remember that therapy isn't just about venting your innermost thoughts or digging into childhood memories. There's so much more. There's just practical life and stresses, and you can't figure out how to figure out what's next. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You are not alone. Having a therapist simply provides you a designated person for you to talk to who's trained to listen to that to help you make positive changes. That's what they're there to do. You're not complaining to somebody who's rolling their eyes. This is what they're there to do. The Talkspace platform is over 2,000 licensed therapists who experienced in addressing life challenges we all face. And you can pick until you get the right one. So to match with a perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com slash Rue and use that offer code RU to get $30 off your first month. That's Talkspace.com offer code Rue. You are not alone. We have Lady Bunny here. Finally, after all these years, we got this podcast. We've been trying to get your black ass up in here. Forever! Forever. Now, of course, Bunny and I know each other from, I think you were 19 when I met you in 1982. 1982. That sounds about right. Yeah. Now, you had just, you, your family had been living in in England. Uh, was it London? Just me. They sent me away. <laughs> no, really. Honestly. I hit puberty and they said something's wrong with this thing. No, really. Get it out of the country. Yeah, no, I thought you th- My parents were Quakers. Yeah. They had converted to Quakerism. From Tennessee. When I was 11. Yeah. So by the time it was high school and I wasn't exactly fitting in, uh-huh. m- they wanted me to have a Quaker education. But what is that? Quaker is like... It's it's not like the Shakers or you know like the or, or the Amish people right. think that it is. Right. Actually, Quakers are pacifists. Quakers are liberal. Mm-hmm. And in this country, you convert. Is that you're that you're always more devout with a religion if you didn't grow up with it. Right. You converted it. You chose. Right. You yeah. chose it. Yeah. So, um, you know the. It, it it was a they wanted I me just, to get the Quaker the, the boarding school in England was a they I sent me see. to it was a Quaker boarding oh. school. Yeah, I, I hope that they, that would rub off on me when in fact I learned how to drink with the English. I see. <laughs> and what town in England was it in? York. So oh, you're the north. Was in old York, now New York. Oh, it's yeah. And so how long were you there? Two years taking just my two A years. levels. Yeah. And so and and it was there that you discovered now when did you first become aware of Dusty Springfield? I was because aware of her from Son of a Preacher Man. Right. And to tell you the truth, I like that album. I don't love a lot of her 
poppier stuff. But I that's did got not the know Memphis that. horns oh, in yeah. it. And, and from Tennessee, honey, that's yeah. one thing I could be proud of. Well, because <laughs> because your voice is very, uh, her stylings and the way that you sing is very much like hers. And I thought that that's where, I thought you were a devout Dusty Springfield fan. No, never. No. But I think when people, there is this, if, I, if anyone knew who Dusty Springfield was in this country now, I could make a living as a Dusty Springfield impersonator because yeah. let's face it, the we look. both have horse faces, so we both <laughs> wore giant wigs and lots of eye makeup. You know, the look is very similar. The you look know, is very similar. People always ask me, did you go for that look specifically? Yeah. And when I say no, they can't really believe it. I said, no, honey, <laughs> we both just have horse faces. We <laughs> both, oh, my we, God. You know, she was in the late 60s, yeah. early 70s, and that was when I was and now, coming so of are age. You. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in that 90s, yeah. Now, when I met you in 82, how long had you been back in this country? About a year. Mm-hmm. And you and went straight to, to Chattanooga when you got back. I went to, co- to college in Chattanooga for a minute, but just as an undecided major. And then I went to Atlanta and decided, you know, that there was no class for what <laughs> I wanted to learn. Uh, Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, uh, the the I, I was half-hearted studying in Georgia, mm-hmm. too. At Georgia State? Yes. And yeah. my parents were, you know, f- wonderfully footing the bill for me to goof off until they realized this was a goof. Yeah. And your father, your parents are academics. Your father's a... a Yes, he's a professor of history and and, uh, uh, one of the few, because there's a lot of Quakers in England, he's one of the only Americans that is in the Oxford... Uh, literary society. So really? Such no, he's a he's a brain. My sister's magna cum laude in Latin degree. Yeah. Oh I my god! I got the looks. Yeah. No. <laughs> no you, What's funny, Michelle? Yeah. Nothing at all. No, you Nothing. are. You're very smart. Very smart. But you didn't finish. You didn't finish college. Oh no! Just you, to, just two years. Two years at Georgia State. Yes. Yeah. But and, the interesting thing to me is that. You know, people now go to college mainly to go to business school. There's nothing wrong with that. But the idea of what a college education is, is different. It used to, because now they're like, oh, I don't want to do French class. I don't want to do philosophy. No. When you graduated from university, it used to be that you were a well-rounded individual exposed to many, you know, language, philosophy, you know, economy, you know, and, and it's also smart to do that. Just because life, well, yeah, you you don't, you're young and you don't know what you want. You may think you want to be in acting, but actually you want to be in economics or or theater. Yeah. So you were in Atlanta and you decided I'm not going back to school. You found the nightclub world. You and I uh, were inseparable in 83. We're both homeless. Uh (laughs) Yes. That's how it starts. We're doing a lot of partying. Yes. In Midtown Atlanta. And uh, th- although it, to tell you the truth, it was mostly drinking because we couldn't afford anything much. But else. do you remember, <laughs> though, but who was it who had those pills? Remember stumbling home with pills? Well, I remember stumbling home with someone who you had gotten when we were homeless to take us to the uh their home with them because we would kind of hang out at the yeah. end of the night. Yeah. Neither one of us had any place to go. Yeah. So you waited and, till it closed. And, and, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean we were extra charming if we thought we found a taker. <laughs> and uh and and this taker happened to have quaaludes. Yeah, yeah. And and I they didn't do one thing for me. 
Really? No, not at all. You and used I, to like and we the were drunk right? as a skunk. Yeah. yeah. But, honey, we were homeless, but we were yeah. kind of fab, too. Mm. Yeah. No, it was a fabulous <laughs> time to be young and gorgeous in Atlanta, Georgia. It was a great time because we loved all the drag queens and the traditional drag queens. You know, back then, there was a club called Illusions. And I think it was on Monday or Tuesday nights. You can get in for $2. Was it? Uh, what? Monday Night Madness. Monday Night Madness. And all of the traditional queens were there, and we could go in and see. Because other nights, it was more expensive. Well, what's the one that's yes. there now, the legendary one? I want to say Charlie's or... No, you used to be... Um, uh, uh, what's her name, Charlie's? Um, um, Charlie Brown? Charlie Brown Charlie used Brown. to have a club. She she used to have a club. Uh, she used to do Backstreets, and she used to have a club down there, Charlie Brown. But I don't think she does it anymore. I mean, we're going back a long time. Well, you know, you know here's an interesting thing that I, I don't think many have thought about, is that... You and I, I mean, we, we weren't trying to look like Paula right. Showgirls. We were trying right. to look like artsy-fartsy groupies, yes. for, essentially, for the Now Explosion. But we revered those yeah. queens as superstars. Yeah. And many of those queens were trans people. Yeah. How we, yep. and they, were, they were totally integrated. It no one gave a shit yeah. what, was, what your business was. Right. It was, could you work that fucking That's stage? Right. That's, That's all right. that Didn't matters. matter if it was Dina Jacobs, yeah. you know, who's lived as a woman yeah. for decades or whatever. And the other thing that kind of draws be crazy is how we used to interact with street people because this is hard to picture now it was a a gay neighborhood so the gay bars were there no one drove home drunk everyone lived nearby there were so many gay bars and Rue and I were often out on the street yeah, yeah. carrying on and we knew all of the, the hookers all the hookers? and tried to get one of them's husband. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah, was it the all the businesses perished? Is that yes, correct? Yeah. Poof, all the yeah. businesses perished. All the businesses perished. Uh, but, but but we knew the trans uh hookers by name. This is what and we worshiped them yeah. and we idolized them and, and couldn't stop. This is what confuses me so much yeah. when they're dividing the rigid. Yeah. I'm not right. saying that dragon trans are the same. Mm-hmm. But when someone says that Rue is transphobic, I said, then we moved to New York City and lived in the meatpacking district, which was right outside our yeah, door, yeah, the yeah. biggest. Yeah. Tra- and the same thing. We j- we we thought they were fascinating, incredible. Abs- and still do. They challenged nature. Absolutely. And decided to um, take on humanity and life on their own terms. And that's what's so brilliant about it. And that's what the movement really was about. That's what our sort of bohemian movement was about, was create your own life. And yep. so obviously um, we love all of that. Well, now, and we also, we wanted to be considered freaks to yeah. stand out from people who yeah. were dull. Sure. So freak wasn't an insult for right. us. Yeah. Compliment. And things change yeah. somewhere along the way. I've, I've I've carried the torch to this day. And if people don't understand it, that's their problem, but not mine. I know what I am. But, you know, uh, we were down there in Atlanta, Georgia, having a good time. Uh, at what point did you decide, yeah, show business is it for me? This is, I have found my place in life. I'm going to become an entertainer for the rest of my life. Between the sixth drink and the seventh quaalude. <laughs> Bunny said, Aha! Well, you know, I had done childhood acting, yeah, in, yeah. In, in, you know, in th- theater. And uh, actually, when they wanted me to audition for my uh, high school play, I was like, Hell no, I'm doing dinner theater, darling. <laughs> was all, I, was too, I was too good for them and didn't even audition. So, um, But yeah, my, my dad taught at the university, so when they needed a kid's part for Shakespeare or whatever, then I, I thought I wanted to do acting, but then I got home from England where there was an explosion of new wave, mm-hmm, punk, mm-hmm. and disco, yep. and I'd gotten in, involved with club culture and drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> 
and, and I came back and they cast me when I was attending UTC where my dad taught as a straight baseball player in our town. And I'd become from being the most flamboyant uh, thing. I had a date who said I could come to his party if I took the pink Sobrani cocktail cigarettes uh-huh. with the gold filter out. That was his like, <laughs> okay, you're butch enough that. as long as if you're not, you know, ha- having the pink one. And I, I realized right then, yeah. oh, honey, a faggot is a cra- crazy. Oh. <laughs> and they think you're crazy and they're crazy too. Time to get out of Tennessee. Right. So, so you know, I, I, I realized when I was in our town, I have, why am I trying to pretend to play a straight baseball player? I've never been able to convince anyone that I was straight. <laughs> no. You know, and this is the most boring play ever. And if you do drag, you're your own choreographer, makeup sure. artist, you know, it's script one, writer. One stop shopping. You're yep. a one, one woman show, you know. Yeah. And, and, it's- and also, also, until you get to be a really big actor, and I'm certainly not saying don't go for it and do all the auditions and resume or whatever. You, unless you get to like the superstar level, you're not really choosing your roles or how to act them because oh, you have to me. interpret them through the director's it's a point tough of life. view. It's a tough life. Even for some of the big names and some of the character actors I know here in Hollywood, a lot of them are still scraping to get by. And these are, we're talking names here. That we're you talking know. big, yeah. big names still scraping to get by. Now, okay, so um, when were you first introduced to drag, the drag that we know today? I snuck into a club at 13 and saw uh, uh, Miss Tasha people, Thomas, Miss Tasha Khan, Tasha Chatt- Khan, Chattanooga's own bubbling brown sugar, or Chattanooga's own 20th Century Fox. It was <laughs> oh, the 20th I love Century. It. No, they all had names: oh, yes. Adrian Sanchez, the look and feel of real, or the one that got me was like they had taglines. The illusion of confusion, yes. Candy Carrington. So yes. it was just, yes. it was insane. <laughs> I mean, I, but I, I actually snuck in at thirteen and was sitting outside, and Lady Chablis came through in her uh, denim, elasticized waist Hot. jumpsuit, and Hot. they were uh, Tasha and her were saying horse, horse, horse. <laughs> and uh, and I mean, I, I mean, I I idolized Tasha because she was all about stage. Presence that I mean, she she was the one that everyone beat the walls for and, yeah. and that w- went nuts. Tell for the it. name of the club. Oh, the Go Go Club in Chattanooga. In Chattanooga, Blue Glitter Walls. What have you been back? When's the last time you were in Chattanooga? I don't return to the scene of the crime. Uh oh. I wonder what. How long did? The, I wonder how long the Go Go Club uh, lasted. Uh, well, it had a wild period of uh, where where there was a, a sex, cl- uh, like a movie, a, a sex movie place, porno place right next door right to next it. Door. But Alan Gold's, the main club, is still open. Still open. Yeah, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah. I, I really don't go back. My sister lives in Philly, yeah. so my parents come up for Thanksgiving or Do whatever. Do they still live in Tennessee, your parents? In the house I grew up wow, in. Wow, that's crazy. Did you ever become befriend... Uh, Tasha, I keep calling her Tasha Thomas. Tasha Khan, did you ever Yes, I her? sent her a t-shirt recently and we're on She's uh, still with, with us. on Facebook. Yes. I, I mean, she's, they think you're my drag mama. She, she's the actual drag mama and she is trans. Okay. Wow. wow. So there is an overlap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there always was. We know that. Yeah, we there always was. That. But you know, the truth is a lot of the people who have that argument um, don't want a, a re- can't, you can't reason with a lot of people because it's, it's important for them to have someone to be an enemy against. So there's, there's no way you can explain no, just all of that. For you just a blanket, smile. there never was a separation. No, you just smile yes. and just 
do your thing. So now um, you moved to New York. We actually, uh, we all moved together in 90, in 84. We came so up for your the- gig with the Now Explosion also, and I just stayed. My yeah. sister, Lady Jan, yeah. lived in uh, Alphabet City. That's right. And I stayed you and stayed. just told my roommate, sell my stuff to pay whatever Yes, and that was that was just because I'm sure it was worth a fortune. That was exactly. one half a Quaalude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was some the beer cans. S- and we were all living together in Atlanta before that. But um, and then you all went up to New York. Together. We all moved. It was it was the summer of '84, and I, I ended up staying for six months. You continued on yeah. and stayed in on through, and then by by '85, uh, uh, tell me the the impetus for Wigstock. How did that happen? They had concerts every weekend with like heavy metal, death metal, guitar solo for 15 minutes, you know, per song. Yeah. Every weekend. In Tompkins Square Park. Tompkins Square Park across from the Pyramid. And I just thought, you know, I can do a better show than that. Honey, I am so. I used to pull a sheet between trees when I was a kid and put on shows Mm. with the neighbors. Mm hmm. Am I ever glad that they didn't have cell phones back then? Because that would that would be a, danger. Yeah, it would just it, it, they were pitiful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I, so I was always wanting to organize things, and I just said the the even though I love the traditional drag in Atlanta, and we thought that they were yeah. superstars. I got a little bit bored by the celebrity impersonation, yes. and and New York queens tend to form their own character, like Lipsinka, Joey Arias, Shaquita, yeah. whatever yeah. you know, and and that that does their own thing. Not to say that there aren't celebrity impersonations, but I, I was just so uh, I was so wowed by the kind of drag at the Pyramid. Drag queens were fronting bands. One had a dance troupe, you know, or doing stand-up comedy or singing live that I thought, or impersonating offbeat beat people sure. like Joni Mitchell, yeah. you know, or or Janice Joplin. I mean, the, the so it, I, I wanted to showcase that talent that I was wowed by at the Pyramid to a larger audience because the Pyramid only held, what, 300? Oh my God, it's so tiny. And it's, you know, it's still dive. there, by the yep. way. But you know, the, the, the folklore goes that one, um, after a Saturday night at the Pyramid, everybody was still up it had done some uh after hours club or something and then as the sun was coming up wound up in Tompkins Square Park and started to perform and that was the story is that true is that how it went I don't even think we went to an after hours club because I don't think we could afford it but we just stayed at the pyramid after hours and they would shut the doors and, and let the 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 chosen few right uh keep guzzling yeah, yeah. so <laughs> we staggered across the park with beers that we bought from the store and Wendy Wild a few members of the Flesh Tones, my roommate, Kitty Dupre, uh-huh. <laughs> a.k.a. Michael Ullman. Yeah. We were just clowning around. There was no audience. It was just a few homeless people. But then we kind of <laughs> thought, what if we did a festival? Because yeah. we were clowning on the stage. It had a beautiful band show, yeah. which was raised. But yeah. um, And this it, is 85, 86. I I am awful with yeah. this. I thought I came there in 83 because I know that I did not put on Wigstock the first year I got there. I, and I, went to, I wouldn't have had the, the wherewithal. But yeah. isn't it a few, it went on a few years. Oh no, we went on for many years. Uh, Wigstock did. I, think, I see, saw you perform. I performed there in 89 for the first time. That's where first I time. was. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, right. Okay. You no, know, so you'd been there before. I had been there before, but, not but I had not supermodel. as, no, I, uh, but. No, a supermodel came after. Don't you remember after. we did that song with Lahoma, uh, the, by, uh, 
the three. Uh, oh, the, oh, yeah. Wh- no, it's um. Thing, which oh, way is uh, it? yeah. Um, Star Guard. Yes. yes, yes, yeah. I remember seeing you in '89 yeah. there. <laughs> so Wigstock took off. There was a movie made of it. Um, you had become. But I want to just back up a little bit because you you talked about the traditional drag in Atlanta of the girls who who you know would do shows and they would do impersonations. They were pageant style, but they right. were perfection. And Gorgeous. we 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 worship these these girls. But our style, we were punk rock and and sort of Warhol, uh, you know, tributaries. So we created a different style. And and sometimes we knew good and well that we were making a fool absolutely. out of ourselves. Absolutely. Like when I would walk with a branch that I'd found on the street, exactly. carrying it like a regal scepter. <laughs> exactly. And everyone like, what is wrong with her? Oh, you lived in England, darling. Yes. And, <laughs> I, you know, I, and, you know, the, the established drag queens didn't know what to think of oh, us. Oh, no, they did not care for us. Right. No. They thought we were making fun of them. Well, they tolerated us with a laugh and an eye roll. Yes, exactly. But they also appreciate Now, Midtown Atlanta has a long tradition of being this sort of haven for misfits. Even during the Civil War, it was called the Tight Squeeze, and that was where all of the misfits and, and injured from the Civil War had, uh, this where they sort of convalesced, you know. And so Midtown has this energy about it uh, that is this place for misfits. And that's what that was back then. This is, and we're talking 1982, uh, 83, 84. And then the gays all wanted to move out to the malls, to be by the mall. So they left all these older homes that yes. were reasonable, yeah, and or or they made them nice, and the straights moved in. But the 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 gays made a boo boo when they left they left that did. community because so it, it's it not, was paradise with yeah. thrift not gay stores. Well, it, I think it's still gay, but it's it's actually it's more urbanized. It's been gentrified and urbanized, and you can't afford to live there Got anymore. Yeah. Do you ever go back to Atlanta? Oh yeah, where do you perform there? Um, was at it different but, pride events? Yeah. I, I think. Do you I, know anybody down there anymore? Yes. Yes. I keep uh, in <laughs> touch with quite a few people. Uh. Uh, there's a drag queen named Bubba Delicious, who is a hoot uh-huh. and who's hung out with my mom a bit. My mom has met Lily White on two or three occasions. She's come out to my shows. Yeah. Um, I've been Lily to White is a is a legendary the witch queen, queen of punk rock. That's it's how right. they used to bill her. Yeah, they are all the women, all the queens used to have, uh, you know, monikers and slogans that went with her. And that was Lily White's. And of course, the traditional superstars were Charlie Brown, Lily White, Apple Love. Uh, I'm still she? in touch with Apple. She still lives in, in Florida. Wow. She lives in Florida. Does she yeah. work in Does she perform? Um, yes, she does. Yeah. She Once said, a showgirl, always a showgirl. That's right. That's right. Charlie Brown. And then there was, of course, our. You know, there were the girls who we just adored who were no longer with us, like Erica Adams. <laughs> And Lena, uh, Lena uh, Luss is still Luss, with us. I, one of my friends, my friend Jana, went to school with Erica Adams. Really? Yes. And Erica was already doing drag. Wow. From, from, wow. Oh, my goodness. Like that Erica panhandle. Adams. Bunny and I always talk about the time we saw Erica Adams doing Stephanie Mills' Pilot Era. Pilot Era was a single from Stephanie Mills in, I think, 82 or something like that. Huge uh, disco hit. Not a big hit for Stephanie Mills, but Erica Adams turned that you remember that honey erica turned everything out she she was a panic dancing and <laughs> she, she also did uh B- mother's finest baby love Ooh, which, which is a 
I never hear that outside. Of, that was an Atlanta band. That was. I never hear that. It's like an underground it, funk class. What this is the thing is that uh, um, "Baby Love" by Mother's Finest, the live version of it, is an Atlanta classic. It's a regional classic. You know, there used to be these regional hits, and that is one. I've always said, you know, Tina Turner should have recovered well, that song for her. But Mother's Finest, "Baby Love," and there's a whole list of songs, and "Baby Love" included, that were drag. Uh, classics in that field. You know, I will fight. By, I will fight. By Gladys Knight, yes, written wow. by yes. Simpson, and um, uh, uh, brainstorm. Loving is real in my game, and the the um, Betty White, Betty Wright version. That's what of, I do. You still do that song? I, I don't still do it, but that's the one I used to do. And I'm still in touch with Hot Chocolate. Who yes, we didn't live in Atlanta at that time, but we and Dina Jacobs. Dina who Jacobs lives in Houston lives, now. Oh, she does. I thought oh, she was in, in Hawaii. No, she's from Hawaii, but she Dina moved Jacobs back. still Dina, performing, isn't she? She had moved yes. back to oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hawaii at one point years ago, and I guess she's in Houston now. Well, Some of the um, go on. They're getting ready to have a Sweet Gumhead oh, revival goodness. in Atlanta. Now, Sweet Gumhead for you guys that out was there. Before our time, that was before <laughs> our time. It was a classic uh, drag club in Atlanta. I think. Uh, 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 what was her? There was a queen. Todd, um, this guy used to go out with, he's the one who told me that a queen there, Lisa, uh, Lisa, Lisa King, not Lisa King. Someone told him that, that you're born naked and the rest is drag. He told me that. And I thought, oh, oh, I love that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that forever. And I have used that forever. But it it originated from a queen in Atlanta at the Sweet Gumhead. Now, when is this Sweet Gumhead reunion going to happen? I would have to check, but I am going to go to Houston for one of those where they have hot chocolate, Tasha Cole, um, and some, who was known for huge, huge, huge blonde wigs, mm-hmm. and uh, just some of the other classic divas, because I love them, and Dina's still got it. Yeah. And she lost all that weight, wow. and she is knocking them dead. I mean, she's, oh. that, the, she always had she the face. She was always the face, yes, yes. She was one of the, go on. Sheena Black. Sheena Black is going to be there? No, no, she doesn't perform. She transitioned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I... Because I was like a baby, like yeah. jumping up when I saw her. Oh, she you know, was a right, superstar. Right, right when we see her, we thought, oh my God, there's Gina Black. Gina Black. That's like such a great name, so too. So I was walking down the West Side Highway, and here she comes on her bike. And of course, I blurred out like an idiot, Gina, like some excited five-year-old, you know, twink. Not even a twink. Yeah. But, and and she was like, look, look the other way, because she's not Gina anymore. Wait that was her performance. She name. lives in New York City. She does. And you are walking. How long ago did this happen? This happened over 10 years ago. But then I would see her and I would not say anything, uh, you know, out of respect. Yeah. And uh, because she's not Sheena anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, so anyway, then I got a, a DJ annual DJ gig uh, for a company that she worked for and saw her at the first year. No, she didn't want to say anything. Really? The the next thing, there might have been a slight acknowledgement and I finally got a smile. And then one time she came to a show I was in at uh, Senior Frogs and and we I went over to her table and we chatted. You walked over with your yard of beer. This is the awe that I am in (laughs) of trans people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Now, now, uh, yeah, have you been writing a book? What about the story because I mean, we're just scraping the surface of the things that we know about Lady Bunny. But uh, what about a book? What about all the stories? What about all the tricks? The, 
all the stories of tricks that you've had. I, I mean, you know, when what about is this the famous homeless trick? When is this you must happen? mean beauty tricks? <laughs> As I am, but a virgin. Yes, yes. Honey, I better start writing it before I forget it. Yeah. When they took they took Craigslist uh-huh. off, and that was devastating <laughs> to the drag and the trans community to everybody in the oh, queer community. Oh my yeah. god! I guess you're right, but yeah, that was that was devastating because it used to be you would go out to a big club, sure. maybe there's 500, 800 people yeah. in there, and there would be. Two or three expressly looking for someone yes, dolled up. Exactly. Uh, then, but then there would be many others who just saw you, mm-hmm. wasn't trying to meet anyone like you. Yeah. Maybe they were drunk. Yeah. Maybe they were on drugs. Yeah. But they wanted it. Sure. And so it was. But but the great thing about Craigslist is that instead of going to one club, honey, you put your ad up on there and you're getting uh, nibbles from. Uh, Queens, yeah. Long Island, yeah. J- Jersey. They asked me, is there parking in your area? <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm just like, no, but I don't even drive. How would I know that? Could I don't you drive. give us a sample of what your ad read? Can you, do you remember it? Well, I tried to ad- address every question that they would have, mm-hmm. but I would always say, um, you know, I would tell, I would completely tell the truth because I don't want them getting there mm-hmm. and them being like, you're fat. So I would always say, you know, uh, a plus size yes. or a few extra pounds. Mm-hmm. I would say blonde hair and blue eyes, mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. And I would say nice legs and then go on with some other shit like, and glossy lips to slide down <laughs> up and on your pole <laughs> until you explode in, in, in ecstasy. But I'm going to tell you the one thing that they really loved is I would say, if it works out and the chemistry is good, this could be a regular thing oh. because they're so used to people flaking. Sure. And also they're, uh, you know, completely sure. flaky too. But I'd actually already kind of outgrown uh, Craigslist because I'm not agile on a phone. Uh-huh. And so I'm not, I I want pictures I can see and blow up on my computer. I'm not trying to, you know. Uh-huh. To, Zoom to, in? To, no. Yeah. On yeah. a phone. Yeah. I need to see it. Okay. Properly. So now you've done so much. Now there's been talk about a, a Wigstock revival. Yes. Tell me about that. Well, because it's been it's been I think it's been it's dormant for a while. It's been dormant for a, 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 a like it, your herpes. There was one. Yes. Well, no, there was a revival uh, in '95. What were the years? The, the initial years of it. I'm awful with years, but it ran for about 20 years apart from one where we had something called Wig Not, a fundraiser because we didn't raise the money uh, to put the show on. Mm-hmm. And as it got bigger and bigger, we needed more expensive sound equipment. Right. So. Um, then we took it, we rained us out for two years and we decided we're going to have the last one, bill it as the last one, and we broke even. And at that point, I said, Babe, you're in your 40s, mm. you can't work for three years to break even. Mm-hmm. That's not that's mm-hmm. not plus the therapist would say, Girl, you're not doing that event again because mm-hmm. she knew what it would put me through. So, anyway. Um, we did have a, a we did it as part of the Howl Festival, which was stress free. Yeah. They just gave us a few hours, sure, and and the state was already built for other acts and the yeah. sound system. Then we did a cruise, which was really fun, uh, like t- two years in a row. 
um, mm-hmm. uh, just cruising around the 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 Hudson. Uh, Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, that was that was a hoot. like and a for, circle line thing. Yeah. yeah, and for people who don't know, uh, there is a film called Wigstock that it documents the nineteen eighty ninety five Wigstock. I think it shot ninety four. Ninety four. Came, came out in ninety five. If you if you're interested, you could see it there. But basically, it is uh, a takeoff on Woodstock, but it's wigs and queens and people who love colors and music. It's not necessarily just gay or this. It's really just sort of a salute to this sort of synthetic world we live in. And that's uh, that's really as simple as that. It's not, not crazy. But and tell we me encourage about the audience to come dressed, dressed up, up so it becomes a little bit of a Mardi Gras yes. feel. So uh, we got Lady Bunny. We're going to go to break. I think we have time for a little bit more. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll go to break and we'll be right back with more Lady Bunny. You know, one of the things I do with my Today Ticks app is a lot of times I'll just run through it to see what's playing in town. Obviously, we're in L.A., but I do that in New York, wherever. I just want to see what's happening in town. And I just may get an, you know, inkling to go and see the show anyway. Uh, like you know? Patty Lapone is going to be starring in Company on the West End when I'm over there in London. In London. Is yes. She, when is that? When is that? I uh, think it starts in October. Oh, of uh, this year? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I may have to fly over there for that. Oh, are you kidding me? She's playing Joanne. Oh. Here's to the I, You know, my guess is that they're going to come to New York, though. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Oh my they have God. To. It's an all female production. Well, it's an all female production mm-hmm. of Company with Patty LuPone. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Today, Ticks, y'all, okay. child, you better get on it. Exactly. Anyway, of course, we talk about Today, Ticks because we love them. It's the easiest way to buy last minute Broadway and theater tickets at the best prices. You can discover over 80 musicals, my favorite, comedies and dramas, and that's just the New York. Also available in London, San Fran, Los Angeles, D.C., Chicago, Seattle, Philly. More cities coming soon. Stay tuned for that. They are friends at Today Ticks, pioneered mobile lotteries and the mobile rush technology. You can enter those lotteries to see shows at deep discounts in all of the cities that they're in. They give you access to insider deals and exclusive offers. You can get tickets, Rue, up to 50% off in oh, just know. a few yeah, taps. Yeah. Unbelievable. Download the Today Ticks app for free on iOS and Android. If you want $15 off your first purchase with the offer code RU, it's today T-I-X or visit todayticks.com uh, slash offer code RU, not slash. Todayticks.com offer code RU. Get your tickets today. We are going to talk about Squarespace right now. You know, we get so many emails from people, from our listeners who have created websites using Squarespace, which is brilliant. It's so 21st century and the easiest thing you can do. Now, if you've got a a, a website that you've created with Squarespace and you want to send us uh, an example of it, send it to rupaulpodcast at gmail.com. We want to see it because we love Squarespace. We love what you guys are doing. A lot of beautiful artistic people listen to our website, our, our podcast, and they need websites, so they go to Squarespace. Now, yep. do you have a letter there? I do. This one says, hello, Michelle and Rue. I'm a longtime listener of What's the Tea and an avid fan of Drag Race. I recently starred in a popular TV cooking competition, ooh, MasterChef, mm. and wanted to find a way to show off all of my recipes and offer my catering services. I've been on a plant-based diet, yay, for over a decade now, and I'm in love with Squarespace. Hey, so if you're ever looking for a Michelle Visage replacement, you may have just found the one. Bitch! (laughs) I am a very creative person and consider myself a middle-aged suburban housewife trapped in a gay man's body with serious control issues. Oh, my God. Oh, she's like, it's like looking in a mirror. It is the same person. (laughs) I cannot even begin to tell you how easy it was for me to set up a website using Squarespace. I thought uh, about creating a website would be so difficult and I'd need more, even more therapy. Mm. But with the simple drag and death drop function, I was 
was able to get my website up and running in no time. I offer cheeky <clears throat> catering by providing you an elegant meal while dressed up in drag as a French maid. Oh, wait. This girl is just getting very... Um, I think it's a man. <laughs> oh, really? So he's a middle-aged suburban housewife trapped in a gay man's body. Oh, oh, I see. So this, yes. is, my, this is my counterpart yeah. right here. I love this. People can find my recipe services on my website, Lafemme. Lafemme.com. Let me explain, okay? Uh-huh. Lafemme, L-A-F-E-M-M-E-A-F-A-I-M, which means in French, the lady is hungry. Oh, and thirsty too. Because she is always hungry. <laughs> Lafemme.com. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my goodness. So, I uh, see, it's Junie. Junie. I just assumed Junie was a female. Yeah, well, I think in her alter ego and in her mind, she is. Oh, I think I might need to hire Junie I to think we cater or something. I I got a 50th birthday party coming up. <laughs> I think I found the caterer. Wow. So, you know, so uh, Junie used Squarespace. Squarespace is an amazing, amazing place to go to get your website done. Yes. Keep the emails coming in, RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com, and get a free trial with no credit card required. Just head to squarespace.com slash Ru. And you know what? When you're ready to launch like Junie did, you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain using that offer code RU. Okay? So check it out. Squarespace, we love you. Keep sending your websites to RuPaulPodcast at gmail.com. Squarespace.com, offer code RU. We are back with Lady Bunny. She is the legend, the one and only, someone I've known since she was 19 years old. Oh my God, were you ever 19, 19. Bunny? <laughs> she was 19 years old. We had a grand old time in Atlanta, Georgia, all then moved up to New York together and then came up in the ranks and wig stock and all that. Now you travel the world as a DJ. What do you think about music today? What kind of music do you play? Um, I get booked for a lot of disco themed tea dances but the the clubs have the big clubs that we worked in where they gave 50 people you me amanda lapore etc yeah you know a stack of drink tickets and a guest list those are gone yeah i also want to say can you clarify what a tea dance is there's a lot of kids who don't know what a tea oh, dance, a tea is. dance is, a, is a gay club happening that's early on sundays and it was thought that's your rather than than saturday being like your last night to party uh-huh. if it was on sunday hairdressers were off yeah not stereotyping <laughs> but um, <laughs> Facts are facts, America. (laughs) Well, actually, Michael Fesco from Fire Island originated the tea dance, I believe, Mm. who did that Wigstock uh, cruise. But, I mean, there is joy in that music Mm -hmm. from that era. Mm -hmm. And uh, there... I I I when I I do play new stuff, too. I'm I'm a little off-put by top 40 everywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um... I do love to play Sissy That Walk, which makes me carry on more uh-huh. than Supermodel or anything that may have been a bigger... That is my jam. Yeah. And I well, will nut I know up why. and they can't believe I it. I know why, because it's got that <laughs> Sylvester breakdown in it. There we we lifted a breakdown from Sylvester's Don't Stop that's in that song. Right. And uh, yeah, I like that song too. I like the realness too. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. The realness is it's a, it harkens back to the, uh, the, the late 80s house music. Like, uh, remember that uh, Ketcha Jenkins... Uh, uh, I need somebody. I need somebody. Oh my goodness! Oh please! Now do you when now if so people I play, I'm, I'm going to to Berlin to do the Bushwig. That's uh, a Brooklyn drag festival that you know says it kind of was Bushwig, like Bushwick, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn, Bushwick. So, but it's in Berlin. And they said don't play any Britney or Rihanna right. because I had remarked when I went to check out their festival. 
hey, uh, I, I loved it. I didn't yeah. hear Britney or Rihanna because, <laughs> to, you know, t- t- teens or, 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 or young people are so top 40 oriented. You would never go up to Frankie Knuckles and say, could you play Call Me Maybe? Right. right you right. know, you would go up to him and say, what the fuck is yeah. this song? exactly so you trusted their taste and that's become a thing of the past that's very true because the dj was a curator in fact you'd find out what new music was and you find out what was cool from the dj and you go to record now and that go has to record switched polls. around especially yeah. at gay clubs where even straight djs yes. and radio jocks would come to take tips because gays had superior taste in dance music yeah. and we did not need martha wash right. to have a bare midriff Nope. Yeah. The bitch could sing her she ass sing off her with Isora Armstead. So yeah. gays were really the ones that, that had those divas and some like Grace Jones, France Jolie. Yeah. We said, you know, you are so magic that you, that you come sit with right, us. Right, right. And that was considered an honor. That's right. The Even gay- when gay rights weren't happening. we. So I kind of, sometimes I feel like I'm glad we have more rights, mm-hmm. but I kind of miss that old culture and that right. old taste that, that we used to yeah. have. I think people just buy, I think a lot of young people just buy what they're sold. Isn't that There's, interesting? Because there was a counterculture that was, well, we don't want our brothers and sisters old music. We want our own music. And also we wanted our art and our music to reflect um, a, an advancement, a forward thinking ideal. And But it seems like young people today are just taking the status quo. They're just taking what is being fed to them without questioning it. You know. Now, if people want to well, hire it's, you. It's like so someone came up to me and said, you know, uh, oh my God, I saw you with Britney Spears, you know, on, on MTV. Can I touch you? Then they were like, do you like um, this new song with Madonna, The Zone? I said, no. And, th- and they were like, oh, now that song wasn't a hit at all. No. It doesn't even have a hook in it. Right. I can't believe that Madonna and Britney, both huge, would even entertain singing it. Hey, I mean, Britney. It was- yeah, that's the hook right there. Yep. That's the hook. Right yeah, there. That's all yeah. we yeah. heard anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, so, 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 I mean, it's like, you can love Britney and all the hype about her and love Madonna, but are, why why can't you tell that that is not a good song? Because you're just so all about them. Mm-hmm. You know, and as entertainers, we don't mind that people are all about us, but it's like, I... I I was a, that that was a terrible song. Well, that, and you should be able to tell that that there's no, uh, you know, yeah, hook. yeah, no. So I think people have to get involved in the hype, and that's not what the artist is really a, a, about, or it's what they're it's what they're sold. And uh, I got picked up to do a, a a show the night after drag queens were on uh, some music show with Miley Cyrus, mm-hmm. and I asked her, um, "Are you a fan of Miley Cyrus?" And she said, well, "Yeah," and I said. Do you mind if I ask if that's because you're gay? Um, and she said, well, yeah, that has something to do with it. And, mm-hmm. and she's saying that she's bisexual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so the... the Wait, who asked if the, that... The girl that picked me up who was in marketing oh, to do a see. club show in, oh, in oh, Chicago. She, she picked and, you up to, from the airport. Yeah, yes. and she was, okay. she was talking about... Uh, you know, Miley Cyrus being on TV with some of the drag race queens. Uh-huh. Like I said, well, well, what kind of song was it? it must have been a dance song. She yeah. won't have drag, drag queens doing interpretive dance for a ballad. She was yeah. like, gee, I don't know. Right. It was kind of like electronic. So I'm like, okay, well, then that's a complete failure as a musician. If you can't even <laughs> define the genre, much less hum it, then that's a complete failure. I said, well, tell me what you like about Miley. She said, well, that she's bisexual, that she has a, 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 
a, that she's now claiming that she's of two genders, yeah. you know, or whatever, or 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 you know, but gender what, fluid, yeah, yeah gender yeah. fluid, and 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 she has a thing for trans people. Then she said they said that she has, uh, she really put some reporter on the spot who was interviewing her, and she was completely nude, and she was saying, um, you know, you can't take it. I'm like, oh, what a feminist message that is. <laughs> strip, we're all women stripped down nude. I bet she didn't have her heels off. And so I was like, so in other words. You 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 don't even care about no, the music. The you care funny. about all the trappings mm-hmm. that come with it. They I don't. care about the music. Kids mm-hmm. don't care mm-hmm. about the. Uh, in general, we used to wait for those hit songs. Those hit songs don't need to exist anymore because they take the album, they buy the album. Let's use Beyonce's, you know, uh, uh, yes, whatever. The, the and they'll just. My daughter loves Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Lola's favorite artist is Beyonce. She doesn't care if there's a hit song in there. There were, but she doesn't care if there was. Because it's just about that. It's the, the total concept rather than now. the. It's a Correct. concept album, yep. is what that is. Yep. But yep. I, I worship uh, Patti LaBelle, Charo, uh, Shaka Khan, Grace Jones. But if they put out something that's not good, yeah. I just say, well, baby, I love you. But yeah. you just put Charo yeah. in with Patti LaBelle. No, yeah, she, Charo no, is quite an entertainer. Yes, but she and never this, had a pop hit. She did. Coochie have Coochie. Coochie Coochie. And, uh, Don't make us show our age. Oops. You're going to. I yeah. mean, I know Coochie, but. She had, is that she, considered she had a, a salsa orchestra album. That is a classic album. And she's an a, amazing yeah, artist. Yeah. Uh, Could you her guitar? The radio? It was. It was. Was it? Was yeah, it? it was. Now, let me just say this. Now, before we get too far, if people want to hire you as a DJ, how do they find you? Um, I have a website, and there's an a email for booking. Craigslist. What's, what's the uh, What's the website called? Ladybunny.net. And I just, uh, I mean, what I do everything from from computer. Uh, Why you got a .com? A prostitute got that name. Shut uh, up. My mom's doing pretty good with her site. So, <laughs> oh, I, bless her. Bless her. Good for Mama Bunny. I mean, I I literally, you know, DJ anywhere. I mean, have d- d- done like an H and M Valentine's sure, Day yeah. party, and it was all like teens wanting hip hop. This was around two thousand mm-hmm. when hip hop was good. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, or when it was sampling, you know, Renee good. and Angela, yeah, sure, et cetera, yeah. or Chic. Now, now tell me this. Now, um, now you're known for your style of humor, and and I ask all comedians, when did you find that rhythm? Because I've said this to the girls here on this show i said you know lady bunny can walk into a room and within three seconds everybody knows the rhythm of your joke and they know that you're taking the piss out of the situation how were you how are you able to do that what what's the magic spell that you cast that allows the audience to go oh I get it. Oh, I see what she's doing without them being offended because a lot of what you do can be perceived as offensive. But you know what? I've seen it happen time and time. People are not offended. They get it. They understand your rhythm. When did you know you had that rhythm and what is it? The rhythm is... Stealing Bianca Del Rio's jokes that she mentions backstage before she can get on stage <laughs> and say them. Um, You've been doing it before that, but nice try, and we love our B. You know, I I, I don't know. I mean, the, the, a big big difference between me and Bianca is that she's extremely successful. No, a big <laughs> big difference between me and Jinx Monsoon did a roast of Bianca and said, "Now, Bunny, how do you feel? Both of your best friends are more successful." Than oh you. my God, <laughs> Jinx is. Actually, One really of them funny. Said, Bunny's so old that she remembers when RuPaul was her property. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so, 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 I mean, Ooh. one person. The, the big difference between me and Bianca, the real difference, is that she is on top of it. 
quick-witted, a sharpshooter, you know, like the and 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 not really very self-deprecating. I am very self-deprecating. Um, and my thing isn't so being so sharp, but being wacky mm-hmm. and goofy. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know what reviewer said. It seems Bunny's jokes are way uh, rotten, mm-hmm. but it's almost as if a little girl has found a dirty joke uh-huh. book. Uh-huh. So maybe there's just some kind of, maybe people can sense that it's not coming from a place of, of, of anything other than making wanting people to laugh. Well, did, when did you know you were funny? When did you find well, I was a-, a class clown. Yeah. In, yeah. In, in, but in, when did you know you could tell a joke, you know, at a, in a show? Well, as the beauty began to fade, <laughs> it was necessary to turn to comedy. Well, you started doing drag. When did the transition happen? Oh, no, I'm still a man. <laughs> I knew that was I, I, I set it up. <laughs> set it up. When did the I transition... I identify as trans fat. From, from... <laughs> <laughs> the transition from drag to comedic drag. Um, well, I mean, there was, was always part jokes. comedy. Yeah, yeah because you tell people what your first drag name was. I mean, because that was very telling. Lady Bunny Hickory Dickory Dot Cougar Melon <laughs> But But that was when we were all trying to be artsy fartsy. Was that artsy and, fartsy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just here, really bad? Here's what I love. Rue loves to call me the Lady Bunny, even though I dropped the V, <laughs> because they, it was, it, well, as my career did begin to blossom to whatever extent it did. They were putting it was the quote lady yes. unquote <laughs> bunny as yeah. if it was casting some doubt that I was a lady. <laughs> How that dare was they? the stupid. The, no, but they would mix it up and right. put quotes around the. Yes, and I was like, as if this there may be others. And so you know, I and so I, I said, drop the quotes and drop the the and yeah. the lady but bunny. bunny. Yeah. It, it's yes. easier. And it, it, and as crazy as that that name you know is, I I I if I could turn back time, I wouldn't stick with that name but it it, it seems to you wouldn't me stick with lady bunny no. what would you what go would you with well i've always loved the name vivian uh-huh and um there's a few others i like yeah okay <laughs> all right well we uh have just had such a great time talking to you we've been trying to get you on this show forever you live in new york would you yes. ever move out west to california well uh if you see me Behind the steering wheel? Uh-huh. Run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still know that you're better served by the subways. Well, I know the... you still don't drive, but you know now that there's a ride sharing, it's it's made it so much easier to maneuver California. You know, I'm such a weirdo that I don't have any Uber or Lyft wow. account or Netflix or wow. anything. I have a landline and I have a, a television. Wow. Oh, How about that? So they right, tell girl. me Carol Channing had a landline for interviews for a clearer connection because there's nothing worse than yeah, hearing the static or oh wh- whatever. God. Well, they've so, come a well, long way. We will look forward to seeing you do whatever you <laughs> want to do. We got Wigstock coming up. We've got um, TV and movies and and your 80th birthday. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Thank you, Lady Bunny. You're, You're welcome. A joy. The you Lady Bunny. You. The Lady Bunny. We love <laughs> you. Whatever. Just whore. Yes. yes. Well, until next time, Michelle. Bye. Bye. Can I get an amen? Love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. If you can't love.
love yourself. How in the hell you gonna love somebody else? Amen.